welcome to Adventures in a Tuk-Tuk. I have stories of discovery and adventure from around the world. I talk to people I've met from my travels who have taken on extraordinary journeys. All sponsored by the fabulous Tutu UK. Today we talk to Robert Carmichael, a real-life roughneck from Aberdeen in Scotland. He and his wife run ASC Tuk Tuk, a special events tour company specialising in weddings with their Piaggio Calasino and historical tours in their Bajaj, with loads of charitable work in between. Hello and welcome to Adventures in a Tuk Tuk podcast. Today I am with Robert Carmichael from Aberdeen, ASC Tuk Tuk Limited. Uh, they do all sorts of fantastic things in Aberdeen, so welcome uh, Robert. Hello, James. Hello. Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Okay, the history of my tuk-tuk, we bought it two years ago. Um, we started a business in Aberdeen taking people on tours. Yeah. Um, so last year, me and my wife went to a place called Balater, just outside Aberdeen. And then we did the, we've got called the North East 250. Yes, I've known that one, yes. But, it's in the Kerrigal. So I'd say... Yeah. Aye, so you go over the left and then round the, the north coast, uh, Fraserburgh, and then come all the way back into Aberdeen. Yep. Uh, it's a two, 250 miles um, run. So we, we did that the other year. So we camped in Ballater and then we went round it. And then we always had it in our heads because a lot of the guys from here do scooter runs, do the north coast 500. Yes. So we, we just says, well, we're going to do that sometime. So it just so happened... This year seemed to be the best year to do it because of everything that's going on, really. Yeah. Um, I think more to do with people are stay-at-home vacations, wild camping. Yeah. Yeah, let's just get in the tuk-tuk and go and do it, you know. Yeah, I think, yeah. And uh, what a great vehicle to do it in, huh? Oh, you know something? The, we've done the dual carriageways. It feels like you're going backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but see, when you run out little country roads and those little passing places and that, it's just, it, it, it just seems like the roads are built for the tuk-tuk, you oh, know? They are. Not the tuk-tuk, the opposite way around, you know? So how many uh, how many people do you think honked their horn, waved at you and smiled at you around the NC500? Uh, everybody. Um, they do. I would, I would say that uh, the best one that I thought was, we were up at John O'Groats, um, and if you park up in the car park beside there, and then we took the, the tuk tuk up, took the photograph beside the, the sign. Yeah. But we were in the car park, and there was these vintage Bentleys, like, um, what do you call it? Chitty uh, Chitty Bang Bang style. Yeah. And this guy came out of the cafe, dressed head to toe in Bentley clothing, with the peak cap and everything. And out of all the cars in the car park, sports cars that was sitting there, Mercedes and stuff like that. The car that he came over to speak to was us. Absolutely. And he just went, I am so impressed with this coming up here. <laughs> um, and then they shoot it off with their um, vintage cars, which I love as well. Like, you know, I think you might see one of them in the photographs. Did you go clockwise yeah. or anti-clockwise? Anti-clockwise. Okay. The preference for us to go anti-clockwise was you could go to Ullapool, Apple Cross, which is only like 55, 60 miles from Inverness. Yeah. But to go to John O'Groats, it's 120 miles. So we thought 
let's get up, get up to Inverness, stay the night in the hotel, yep. get ourselves all prepared for the, the North Coast 500, get up early in the morning, have breakfast, and do a long run. Because if you do a long run the first day, yep. the other days you can take easier. Yes. If you do a short run, when it comes to day five and you've got 120 miles to go, you say to yourself, ah, it's going to be, this is too much. Can't be bothered doing this anymore. You know, it's know. things play in your head because you've been in the tuk-tuk, you've been camping for four nights and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, you're banging in 120 so you're hours, you're 120 saying, miles, actually. Yes. So that was the most you did in one day, 120. Yeah, I calculated it at 135 miles yeah. from... Inverness to Wick, where we met a friend, had a coffee. Yeah. John O'Groats, then John O'Groats, we headed towards Thurzo, but we stopped like five miles from Thurzo on the beach. Yeah. And that's where we wild camped. Yeah. Well, 135 miles is like 200k, and that's like six hours moving time in a tuk tuk, isn't it? Six or seven. And that's, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's enough. Uh, so did you have time to stop on the way round? And uh, so because you did the first, I, I, I always thought that the, the East Coast is not quite as exciting as the West Coast. Um, no, no, there's a, there's a couple of places that we went in to see. Um, we went in to see this uh, castle, yeah. um, which is just beside Barra. Um, we went to a couple of the beaches just to take some photographs and some of the coffee shops or the clock yeah. stations. We just stopped, took a photograph because of the scenery behind it yeah. and then went on. Yeah. But you know yourself, the, the photographs don't do it justice when, no, it and, unless you're seeing it yourself. You it's, know. it's absolutely fantastic down that west coast, isn't it? And, uh, yeah. And then when when you get to the junction where it's, you can either follow the A9 to Thurso or follow the coastal road. When you're going along that coastal road, um, there's a couple of little places to stop in past and have us walk about, which yeah. we've done. But when you're going up beside Wick and that, it's like just farm farm fields with tin roofs um, and nothing else yeah. to see, really. So what was the best bit for you? Where did you... What was the best place you wild camped? Tongue. A bay there which comes off of the sea, basically, and comes into it. There's a lovely bridge across there, just on that point there. I I would say the less midges, which yeah. is a bonus, um, as you probably know yourself up there, there's nothing worse than just trying to sit outside your tent and enjoy the night with midges coming at your face 100 mile an hour. So, um, yeah, but that was probably the best place, near the roundabout's tongue. Yeah. Um this Beach is overloaded with people camping there. Yeah. So it's hard. And also there's a couple of places where we went to we we always wanted the tuk tuk right beside us. Uh, what what are your views on wild camping in Scotland? Do you think for me it's leave no trace? Yes, oh yeah, definitely. We I I've done it uh, a couple of months ago we did it with our scooters. We actually went up there. I own Vespas and Lambrettas. Yeah. Um yeah, you've got to. I mean we the bonus of an tuk-tuk, and I know how your your one looks with how you compact it and everything like that. But we carry a a barbecue yep. which has got legs on it, right. and Keep we use that to yeah. start with. 
with the barbecue stuff. And then we get wood, which we've bought from a garage, you know, the um, splinters of wood. And we, we burn them yeah. inside the tin and we keep them in there. And in the morning when we get up, we dig a hole, we bury it, we get rid of it. Yeah. And we don't have a scorched ground beside us or anything like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, sli- it, I'm slightly disappointed to hear that you didn't carry a, you know, a four foot axe with you and a chainsaw, you know, and cut your own, uh, cut your yeah. own firewood. <laughs> we, uh, I've got this, um, what do you call it? Swiss Army. It's not Swiss Army, but it's a Swiss knife. Yeah. It does everything. Yeah. And uh, we we had that for the way in. We we actually got some branches, and the only way to break them is not with your feet. Is get two stones yeah. and uh, put them on the floor and break them with a stone rather than your foot. Would you, so. would you say you're a hardy wild camper? You know, you, 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 you don't mind. Uh, yeah, I don't mind anything. I mean, I this time we went, we took, obviously we've got the tuk-tuk to carry the stuff in, yep. but a sleeping bag and lying on the floor. Yeah. Um, and at my age, at 50, it's a bit uncomfortable, but... <laughs> Even when I went on my scooter, it's exactly the same. I took the smallest of the small yep. to carry, you know. Uh, we carry compact. But these these tuk-tuks, they do have the USB um, cigarette lighter. Yep. So we did manage to take the air bed with us and okay. pump that up. So. No no fridge for the cold beers, though? No, no. 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 Somebody did say that to me that you could have had a fridge on this tuk-tuk. But, uh, there, there, there was one in Wales plugged into the oh, was it wasn't plugged into the cigarette lighter though because it blowing the fuse uh so they, no, had, they yeah. had to hardwire it into the battery uh, and apparently right. the the bottles of beer were fairly cold so no, I, okay. so no. i was led to believe which is always handy um there's always the sea to put your beers in there isn't there yes yeah, exactly stick them in a bag and then tie them on to the side of the, the water the, and that, yeah, yeah. Because the water's not warm up there, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah, we went in for a paddle as well, thinking that. Uh, well, when when we did that at the time, we used the water for uh, getting a, a wash. Yeah. So, um, fairly wakens you up like in the morning. So. Uh, I can imagine yeah. it probably almost gives you heart failure. Yeah. It's, yes, uh, I, yes. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> Adventures in a Tuk Tuk is sponsored begrudgingly. By waterside underscore calligraphy. When you're driving a Bajaj Tuk-Tuk, every mile will make you smile. Make it happen at tuktukuk.com. So let's talk about Applecross because Applecross is one of my very favourite places. You know, I was lucky to be there on a beautiful. I just got lucky. Was it was it nice weather when you went uh, into Applecross and back over the top? Yes, I we um, we came in from Ullapool and we came a coastal road. Yeah. We drove it on along this single track road. That, that's where you get the photographs with the the um, the Highland cows. Yes. Um, yes, I, I I know it well. Yes. Single track roads, and then as you come into Apple Cross and round to the garage, yes. and then instead of going up and over the hill, yes. we, we stopped at the garage, filled up, and then we went to the pub, yes, uh, the outside seated area. Again, it was social distancing, everything was in place. Yeah. Um, 
sign in with your name and stuff like that. So we decided we've bought enough supplies. We'll just buy a drink from the pub and then we'll go back along the road and we'll wild camp on that bit that overlooks the water. So that's one of the pictures you see is overlooking the water. Um, and we had deer beside us. And then at the other side, we had a group of 12 motorbikers. Yeah, we wild camped there. So we just basically had drink from Apple Cross pub, uh, and we just started just our tent. Yeah. Um, the, the site was beautiful. The pitching up the tent, everything was great. The worst thing was we basically had to sit fully clothed with nets and smidge on okay. because it, it was the worst. And even one of the bikers says it's the worst he's ever seen the midges there. Um, we even tried to cook and the chicken that we put in the pan to cook, the midges went straight oh. on to it. So we, we lost basically half of our meal that night as well. But beautiful. I remember getting up in the morning to go outside to the gents and the, there was deer right outside our tent um, on the waterfront. Yeah. Ah, yes, ah, yeah, you yeah. can't ask for better than that. Um, beautiful, hot, wet, well, obviously, with the midges being there, there wasn't a, a breeze of wind or anything like that. No, that's, 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 and their, then, um, that's their favourite condition. Was, they love no wind, don't they? Yes, I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So in the morning, we just uh, prepared ourselves for the midges to get the tent down. And we were up at half past six. And by time half past seven, we were in the tuk-tuk and going away again. Yeah. And um, we went over the Apple Cross from that side. Yes. So from the, so we're on the petrol station, basically, across that road up. Yeah. Up Ballock, uh, Yeah. I, and we reached the top and it was a clear day. Oh, beautiful. Lovely. Yeah. To see, yeah. like, uh, yeah, because you can see for absolutely miles on a clear day, can't you? Yes, I, yeah, yeah. it's just fantastic. So, just my fat. wife, my wife did the video of us coming down the other side, yeah, that's the one with the hairpins on the way down, isn't it? So, yes, I, yeah, because yeah. I, I came up from the other way, so from the cafe, did it was there was the cafe open at the at the bottom of the, the, the of your descent? Was that open? No, it wasn't, no, no, it no. wasn't open, it hasn't opened, no, okay. Yes, yeah, so we turned right and we went to, I think it's called the Wee Cow Campsite area. We went towards there and we stopped there for a coffee. So you did five five days to do the NC500? Yes, I. We, our, our first night was uh, in Inverness, was in the hotel, four nights of wild camping, yeah. Did you feel that was uh, enough time to see, see everything? Yeah. See everything, yeah. We... Uh, we stopped at uh, Smoo uh, Cave, yeah. but obviously that, again, wasn't open. Okay. So we just walked down, had a few photographs from the entrance and that, but they, they weren't doing anything to that place as well. That's what I'm saying. There was a lot of places where yeah. we're not doing anything. We're not opening for anybody. So you've, done the, so you've done the 250. You've done the 500. What's next? Um, somewhere in England, I'd like to go. I'd actually, I'd spoke to my wife about we need to go and see Robert Leggett um, yep. and Tom yes. to get it to, to get a service okay. because we're 13, 13,300 kilometers on where Tuk Tuk. Okay. And uh, as much as I, I own vintage scooters and that, I do most of the stuff myself on it. Yeah. I really need to get down there and get a good overhaul 
or check of it, you know, from Tom himself. We had planned that we had planned that at the start of this year, uh, taking it down and leaving it there and going round Manchester on our scooters. Yeah. But obviously everything happened. We we haven't done it. So it's been a very strange year, hasn't it? I used to work in oil rigs. Worked in Asia for ten years. So that's where the love of the tuk tuk came for me. Yeah. I used to go to India, go into Mumbai and jump in a tuk tuk. Yeah. And I, I even took shots of them while I was over there. Flew down to Hyderabad. We used to work on an oil rig over there. Worked in um, Vietnam, Burma, places like that. Then the oil industry parked in for me in 2015. And then we bought the tuk-tuk to start our own business in Aberdeen. Uh, last year, we bought the Italian tuk-tuk. We, so we own a Ape Calasino. Obviously, I haven't done anything this year, so we've just been doing charity work. Yeah. Um, so we've just been basically, I don't know if you look on our Facebook page or our oh, Instagram. Yes, I do. Yes, and I did. We, we basically go and collect books and sell them off for charity prices, right. and then we just buy stuff for charities okay. in Aberdeen. So. Would you say you are retired, semi-retired? Well, actually, my wife's not listening to me. I'm retired. <laughs> I actually, no, I actually started a, a new job this year. Uh, interview in January, started the company on February, went to a rig in March, just getting rebuilt, new fitting, fittings put on it. And uh, COVID hut. I was at home for five months and then basically companies said, They've got to look after their business interests and not the employees. So it's mm, been let go. Oh, so maybe, maybe something will come next year, but uh, at the moment, just now, I'm not. I'm not searching for a job. So. You're, you're, you're quite happy just pottering, aren't you? You just uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I can sense that in you. <laughs> I, I I go out in the tuk tuk and I just go, what my eldest daughter calls it, networking. Yes, good word. Good word. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean anything yeah. at all, really. But, Spending money in coffee shops, that's what you're doing, not networking. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so you've got the, well, the casino is, there's only 500 of those made, wasn't there? Of the uh, six, 600 of them made. Uh, I've got number four, four, five, six or something, I guess. Did you buy that from you? I bought that from Gary, who owns a hotel in Isla. Right. Over in the island of Isla. Um, he... Came from London, I believe. Opened the hotel there. Took the tuk tuk with him, or the yeah. ape Palace, you know, I'll call it because it's not a tuk tuk. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. And he took it there, and he used it for taking people around the islands and using it for weddings and stuff. Yeah. So that's what we planned to do with it as well. We had four, five weddings booked this year. Right. We work in it, but obviously, again, everything's been cancelled. So. So you just get to drive it around networking. Yes, that's the best networking. Yes, yeah. Oh, it's a it's a puller, like you know. Like I said, I own vintage Lambrettas and Vespas as well. So yeah, alongside to them, people just it's a head turner. Have you been tempted to buy a Lambro? I have been. There is um, a gentleman selling one in Montrose, just down from Aberdeen. Seven and a half thousand pounds. He was looking for it. What year is that it's one? Big. I'm not sure. And what condition? I think 
and what condition is it in? Is it a, a oh, fully restored? Like, yeah. Ah, yes, restored. Like it's yeah. a beauty line, but uh, no. Um, I've got a couple of friends who have uh, who are Lambro fans, and yeah. um, they would swear by them. Like, but uh, no, I think the Piaggio Ape Palace, you know, they, they, the apes, they don't do, they, they, they do really well. There's been a more demand for them because of deliveries. Yeah. Little companies and cafes and stuff like that can do a lot more deliveries and yeah. keep their businesses running without having the COVID people coming to them. Yeah. They can send the van to people, you know. So. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, people who, who have their own tooks and uh, apes in during during this uh, period have, I think in some ways, the tuk-tuks have come into their own, haven't they? Because a lot of people have been doing charity work with them. You know, you've got from like tuk-tuk time down in uh, Pembrokeshire to Rosie May here in Nottingham and yourselves up in Aberdeen. Uh, I've noticed that there's, there's a lot, there has been a lot of deliveries and keeping people safe and so forth and, and looking after local neighbourhoods with them. And the spotlight is on them and they're getting the news for that. And I think that's all good. I really do. Yeah. And I'm really... Well, I, I... I went through the council and I, I always said that if, even my job, if you have all the paperwork in front of you, all the information you need about tuk-tuks and give it to the right people, they'll they'll say, right, okay, we're going to go with this idea. Because I thought to start with the, the idea of tuk-tuks being on the road in the UK, I mean, I even had the police contact him and says, I don't know what a tuk-tuk looks like, I've just watched videos and it looks dangerous. No side impact, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And my question, my thing there was, um, this is Police Scotland when I was getting my license for working in Aberdeen. I, I mentioned to her, I said, I, I ride a motorbike. It doesn't have any side impact. But I said, but you let thousands of these go on the road, motorbikes. I said, the tuk-tuk is going to be a really safe vehicle. Um, and I explained all these things about it and everything. So if you approach it the right way, yeah. people take it on board. I've had maybe five people inquiring how I got my license, how I deal with driving about the city centre, picking up passengers, doing tours. And I've tried to explain to them, if you're going to go to your own council and tell them, you've got to have everything in front of you, all the paperwork. Don't go in there and just say, I want to run a tuk-tuk because I want to have a tuk-tuk. Yeah. You've got to have all the safety stuff and everything like that. Yeah. And there was a guy from Dumfries. He um, failed. The council in Dumfries says, no, we're not having any tuk-tuks running about the streets. So I still think there's stigma on the, the tuk-tuk saying it's going to be dangerous. People are going to die in them um, yeah. because... Insurances companies as well, they're very reluctant to give us insurance on them as well, so that's a hard thing. Do you have to have special insurance because you pick people up for fares? Yes, I I, um, I had uh, public liability, um, but I, I, I was always, um, in the last couple of years, I was working, going to other rigs, and so I was um, self-employed. Okay. So I had all these insurances, so I just went back to them companies and told yeah. them what I was doing. A guy in Aberdeen who runs taxi, but his sister runs Winchester Insurance okay. for taxi drivers. So I approached them as well, and they were, oh, yeah, that's great, because I know that Derek's got a scooter, so I'll give you the insurance, you know, kind of things like that. So it does help. 
yeah, it's it's hard how. I mean, I know TR Youngs, they they've came on board and yeah. they do a lot for getting insurance for people. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying to find the cheapest insurance, but why why can't they just start saying like let's start insuring more tuk-tuks and get them? Uh, it's still a very niche thing, though, isn't it, in this country? Uh, yeah. You've got to be slightly bonkers. and, uh, and Weather-wise weather as well, doesn't it? Yeah. It helps with the weather. Yes. This show is sponsored by Waterside Calligraphy. Beautiful writing brought to life on the page. And how busy was the NC500? There was a lot of motorhomes on it, a lot of bikers. Lot it was of... actually very, very quiet. Um, the near Apple Cross was a bit busier, but the rest of it um, up at the top was it wasn't so busy. And most of the people that we did meet, they were doing it clockwise. Yeah. And the ones that we were very impressed with, and I think you'll see the photograph, was the paramotor. Yes. Um, so Elevate Media is a company that was going around and videotaping them. If you follow them, you'll see that they were doing it basically in the sky and oh, going around clockwise. Okay, I should go on. Yes, because I saw you tagged them into your into your post, yeah. didn't you? Yes. Because when we when we stopped at a lay-by to have a photograph and that, they came over and spoke to us and they said, fantastic. He says, they, they had a little monkey bike. Yes. And they just that. thought about, like you says, it's the unique little thing. Yes. Look at this. Took took one the North Coast five hundred. So, is it uh, how how long a trip would you like to do a longer trip? Um, maybe going to maybe go down to France or does that have any interest for you? Well, we've we do uh, we do Isle of Wight and we do Brighton um, with our scooters. The distance from here to the like you said going all the way down is far. We would take a van. We would put, uh, put the tuk tuk in a van. Yeah. And drive it down as close as, and then do it then. Okay. Because I tend, I tend to find that life's too short to. It's a great thing to go and it took to call the distance. Yes. And people, because I think there was a there was two females or something done a land of um, to John O'Groats. Yeah, they did Manchester, John O'Groats, John O'Groats, Lands End, Lands End, Manchester, Manchester in eight days. Yeah. They were doing three hundred miles a day. Just under, uh, in a tutu. and quite frankly, I am so impressed by them, and I would never do that. I, it's just the enjoyment factor would be zero for me because I do like to stop, and I, yeah, uh, I think that that's half the fun of it, isn't it? Yeah, I've got I've got friends who get on the scooters and go to Italy, yeah. and just ride three hundred miles a day, and I'm like, okay, I enjoy going to the venue and doing the things around the venue, but. The long distance sitting on your yeah, and you know yourself, you know yourself driving that tuk tuk and I know. being in little, little roads and little villages is great. Being on open roads and dual carriageways or motorways is is not. It's not much fun, is it? No, most of the NC five hundred is actually perfect tuk tuk roads. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of Wales was as well. When we a part of Wales was uh, we went uh, there was grass growing in the middle of the the road and you always know that is a a road less travelled and perfect yeah. to, or I know we're going over some mountain passes and you know like the third or the first or the fifth highest pass in the UK or Scotland or Wales you know perfect 
Tuk Tuk Road because yeah. it's yeah. a little bit challenging. Uh, I I really don't think there's very many places a Tuk Tuk can't go. Yeah, because they're quite taut, aren't they? And yeah, no, yeah, we we've taken it uh, some places and through spaces just to see where it would go, you know. <laughs> uh, so there's five there's five bridges across the river beside me. Two of them are walking bridges, and the Tuk Tuk can go through them. So marvelous. We can use them. Yeah, they're brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we 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 do um, a lot of the scooter rallies. Um, so we do all the Cleethorpe, Scarborough, Bridlington um, rallies and stuff like that. And we always thought you know, it would be nice to go to some of these scooter rallies with the tuk-tuk as well. Absolutely, because they would take that into the heart, wouldn't they? they, they, they yes, yeah, they, they do. Yeah. yeah. So I think you know, it doesn't matter whether you're young or old, uh, you always get a thumbs up from a 17-year-old or a 70-year-old. It, yeah, no, it makes no difference. Yeah. No, it's absolutely just, it's a great experience. And uh, I really, you know, I personally really enjoyed my time in Scotland and would, I'm looking forward to going back in May, though, not August. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't like midges. So, nah, yeah. so have you finished kitting out your tuk tuk or is there more to be done? Oh, that's a good question. It's never finished, is it? Let's be honest. No. I'm a bloke, so it's never finished. Um, if I'm honest, it is, yes, nearly finished, yeah. I'm actually taking a few things off it, actually making it slightly less heavy. Um, I've got some, I've got some big plans for it, France next year. Do some of the big coals. I've got this hankering to drive up Mount Von too and Alpe de Huez in the Tuk Tuk. I thought that, that'd be quite a fun thing to do. And of course, I, do, I quite like wine, so uh, uh, visiting some vineyards in either in Bordeaux oh, yeah. or, or Barola in Italy quite appeals. Let's be honest. Yeah, my Tuk Tuk slightly odd because it does have. A solar panel on the roof. Let's be honest, and yeah. and a big flag now. So, but yeah. uh, you, you've you've done it for for what you do. That's the thing, like you know, yeah. Some I look at some of the guys that are doing their tuk tuks up, and it's for what they do. Yes, what the kind of business they're going to do it with as well. You know, there's so much you can put on them. But if you're going to use it for a wedding, you can't have all that stuff inside it because you won't get people in. You know, no, stuff. Do you think with your tuk-tuk and your ape, you can actually make a living uh, if there wasn't COVID? I always say, say that saying from only fools and horses, you're never going to be a millionaire. No. no. no you're just going to have fun going along the road doing it. That's the thing. I think that's the way. Yes, I don't think... Uh... You, you can sit there and calculate through your head. If I charge... Fifty pound a tour, do five tours a day. It doesn't work like that. No. I, I've got, I, I know a lot of history about Aberdeen. I know a lot of the buildings, and if you go through your own city, look up and see the the way the buildings have been built. Yeah. Before we were born, uh, who built them? Who was here first, and stuff like that? Who came through Aberdeen? We did a lot of these history looking into. When you take somebody out, I always had this thing in my head that I'll charge. A certain price, I'll take somebody in a tour. I ended up being in a cut in the tuk tuk for three hours with the same couple, just talking, yeah. showing them things, taking photographs, networking. The woman says, This is never going to make me money if I just spend three hours with them, you know, for the same price I had in my head for a pound uh, for an hour. So, well, great. I'm, re I'm really pleased you've, you're another adventurer. There's, it's, it's a very it's a, it's, it's a very short list of adventurers in a tuk tuk. I, yeah. I can tell you. Yeah. I, lo I love how much you can compact into them as well. Yeah, you know, just, when you, 
I know. You see the thing, you tie them into the roof and you put a net and you put yeah. everything in the back. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I bought a uh, one of those luggage uh, bungee things that you're supposed to put over a roof rack to keep all the luggage right. in. I put that inside right. and I stuff, right. I stuff pillows in there and I put, uh, it just keeps it. I put, I've even known to put a saucepan in there just to uh, keep me going. But I, th I think it's good to fend for yourself, you know, and I, they, I love the fact that they attract people and it's, you never know who you're going to meet next. You think you could sleep in your tuk-tuk? No, I don't think I I've, I've just been, I was thinking about it when we were driving and the, where the seat is and the back bit, if you just get a, a board and put it right across there, yeah. you could actually sleep on top of there. I, rec I reckon you could. I'm not sure how comfortable it would be, but maybe it's an improvement of being on the ground. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I have a lovely yeah. camp bed. So uh, although the weather did beat me on the last uh, trip, the we had this like biblical rain and even I ended up in a hotel for the night. It was, well, it was a pub actually, but uh, everything just got wet. It was just like thunder, lightning and torrential rain. And that is not a good recipe for a tuk-tuk. No. They do it in India. <laughs> they do, that's beyond, yes. Yeah, Maybe we're just soft. That's why. Yeah, that's what I always say. When somebody says something to me, I say, ah, but they do it in India. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Robert said something the other day. Uh, he said, tuk-tuks are designed to, to be driven 200 kilometres a day for about 12 years. That's what they're designed for. After that, oh, they, they, they just fall apart. But there's not many that uh, in this country that, that do 200 kilometres a day, you know, day in, day oh. out. No, not in, no. Oh. Mine doesn't. Yours doesn't. No, no one's does. Yeah, um, no, not in this case. No, no. But the more you drive them, the better they are. You know, uh, yeah. some of them had doubled their mileage in Wales and they'd had them two years, three years. I think they're good for 100 miles a day. I think you can just go on for weeks at 100 miles a day, just going down the coast of some Mediterranean island. It just sounds idyllic to me. So there we go. Oh, it does. Uh, my wife did say to me because we did Italy last year. She says, oh, it's, this would be ace in Italy, yeah. driving about. Uh, small. Did you go in an app, yeah. eh, in Italy? We did it. We just, um, we were in Verona. They had one right beside the hotel, yeah. but we didn't go in it. Um, but we stood beside it. Like Robert, thank you for talking to me. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Thank you for, for telling us the story of your NC500. Keep up the adventures, please do. You know, I, 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 like, I hate to be alone in this world as Tuk Tuk Adventurer. Yeah. And hopefully we can encourage you down to uh, Exmoor and Bodmin and Dartmoor, Dartmoor for a few yeah, days. Yeah, I would love to come down there. Uh, yeah, we would. Uh, uh, yeah. So that'd be great. You know, you and your wife. And all very civilised. You know, very civilised. Yeah. Yeah, there was two two of us in the Tuk Tuk all the way around as well. Like so. Right. Uh, that was the other thing as well. Uh, before we did it, my... My wife's been practicing driving it. Yeah. The insurance, right? So you were speaking about insurance, getting insurance for the tuk-tuk, and it's difficult to find those or people that's going to sell you insurance. Yeah. So I went to the insurances and said, okay, um, my wife's going to be driving this, so I, I need to get her on board, name driver. You know how much it costs for my wife to, to be insured on the tuk-tuk? I hate to think. Uh, zero. Zero. Well, that's that's remarkable. She was driving in 1988, so that's when she passed her test. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's anything to do with that or anything, but they came back with a letter and says it doesn't cost you anything for your wife to be a named driver in the tuk-tuk. Well, that's unheard of, isn't it? An insurance company saying no. zero. 
and zero, absolute zero. And I said, I, I phoned Gary and I said to him, I'm sorry, it's come back to zero. Yeah, it's zero. I said, I can't be right. It, took, it struggled for me to actually get insurance for a tuk tuk. And my wife gets it for nothing. Yeah. So. Well, maybe you should, it should be changed around so your wife actually insures it, right? For obviously a very little amount of money. And you become free. Except for you'll, yeah, never, you'll never be I, free. I, I can't just, I just still can't get my head around that one. So, no, and I haven't heard anybody else. Well, I hope you buy a third because, you know, I think the Lambert, I think you deserve a Lambert, you know, being, yeah, well, just just yeah. for your networking because I think that would work well. Yeah, yeah. I don't think my coffee, my <laughs> coffee pot's got enough money in it to go and buy a Lambo. So, have you ever thought um, of well, having a coffee one? Have you ever thought of doing that? Yeah, we did. That that was our first intentions when we bought the Tuk Tuk and we were going to do tours. We thought, like, we're going to need a base, so we'll have a cafe. Yeah. And then it was, we'll have a van cafe with seats and chairs beside it, and people can sit there and wait for the tuk-tuk to come back and pick them up. Yeah. So we had all that idea, um, but it's fell, fell away at the side at the moment, so... Well, the whole world, yeah. the whole world is falling away to the side at the moment. I know, yes, definitely. Yeah. So hopefully it will come back at some stage. We just don't know, do we? It's going to come back. It's going to come back slowly, and I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurs or what we call people that are just going to set up their own little businesses and have their own little. Yeah. And so maybe this tuk tuk market might be a little bit better, where we could have. A few of them running about because they're going to be cheap and yeah, that's good. People are money is not going to be a thing that people are going to be throwing about no, for a while. No, no, absolutely not. I think that's I think that is a good philosophy to have, and uh, I hope I really hope it works. And uh, let's let's uh, let's hope the world returns to normal uh, very uh, very soon. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Thank you, Robert. Cheers. Tuk-tuks are a vehicle of adventure and discovery. Thank you, Robert, for telling us all about your stories of discovery and adventure on the NC500. It's an awesome route, and if you get the chance, it's well worth taking your time to see the 516 miles of mountains, vast locks, subtropical gardens, huge sea caves along the wild coast of the Northern Highlands. All my previous episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, or direct from my website, adventuresinatuktuk.com. Thank you for listening. This has been a CMP production for Follow the Tuk Tuk. <laughs>